Welcome to the Checkable Health Podcast, where we're helping everyday moms rethink how their healthcare begins at home through healthy living, access to information, and technology. On each episode, we interview healthcare providers and experts on topics that affect us as mothers as we raise our children. We'll cover topics across the spectrum of health to bring awareness of important issues, conditions, therapies, and technology. We believe your healthcare begins at home with us moms. The healthier we are, the healthier our loved ones are. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Checkable Health Podcast. I am your host, Patty Post, founder and CEO of Checkable, where we are making it easier for moms to make healthcare decisions at home. And on the Checkable Health Podcast, we are helping moms create information, digest information that will help them be Dr. Mom at home so they can take care of themselves and their families. Today, I have Ilona Phillips with me, and we're talking about eating disorders with our children. So as a parent, we should be really acutely aware of the signs and symptoms and how to seek out care, and that's what we're going to get into today. So Ilona, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I always welcome the opportunity to spread awareness because that is still lacking too many myths out there. And unfortunately, that can play a really detrimental part in a recovery journey, in the recovery. Yeah. It's a, it is. Do you have any stats to start with of how many, um, how many are affected uh, with an eating disorder? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I, off the top of my head, I don't, I don't have anything that I would want to put out there, except one important one that in general, on average, it takes folks two to six years to seek treatment for eating disorder. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Which is, which is really, really staggering. And unfortunately, as you know, anything chronic is much harder to treat. Right, right. And so, it's, it's continued care that you need. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a great um, that's a great starting point because we at Checkable talk about acute non-urgent symptoms. Think uh-huh. of a UTI, strep throat, mm-hmm. uh, bacterial vaginosis. Those are a symptom that then you can get, seek out a treatment plan. But a chronic condition, think of weight management, think of diabetes, think of asthma, uh, think of an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's identifying the awareness piece. So let's talk about how to be aware of the signs and symptoms. Yeah, you know, and that is a tricky one too, right? Because um, it can start with something seemingly so innocent, like your child wanting to be healthier, Mm -hmm. um, sort of in quotation marks, right? Um, and so you might be thinking, oh, it's it's nothing. They just maybe want to exercise more or they want to watch what they eat. But really quickly, this can um, develop into something a lot more serious, particularly for individuals who are predisposed, right? So we know eating disorders are so highly genetically, metabolically, biologically predisposed, right? And really? Both, I actually will say nurture and nurture, right? So the environment, and the genetic and the biology. And so something so simple, seemingly so simple as let's say a, what we often hear actually, um, a wellness teacher, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Teaching kids sort of energy out, energy in. And some, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on the profile and the background of the child, some of them will take it to a weight loss place. And Mm -hmm. if they're predisposed to a negative energy balance, it can quickly, quickly develop into an eating disorder. So 
we really have to be vigilant. And of course, we live in, in, a, in a diet culture, right? We mm-hmm. villainize foods. We, um, uh, so many of us are affected by fat phobia. There's so many factors mm-hmm. playing into this. Um, and so the, the signs and symptoms sometimes can be really seemingly innocent, seemingly mm-hmm. nothing, if you will. Um, there are obviously a number of different eating disorders, ARFID being one of them. And ARFID sort of looks at first like a picky eating, right? And mm. we say oftentimes, oh, all kids are kind of picky. Mm-hmm. But this can escalate a lot further to um, much more narrow and, and, and further narrowing menu of options and, and, and quickly develop into other eating disorders from there. So there's so much I could say. Uh, I could talk mm-hmm. for hours on this, but jump in for any questions. I mean, when you, when you think of signs and symptoms, right, I always tell folks, watch for mood changes, behavioral changes, um, uh, whether it's exercise, food ideas and attitudes, um, uh, you know, or, right, if we think of bulimia, we might also watch for things like the child going to the bathroom every time they eat or exercising mm. to compensate for what they have eaten. So mm-hmm. a lot of different signs and symptoms to kind of look for. Mm-hmm. What it, You mentioned ARFID. What does that stand? I don't know what that is. It's a restrictive disorder. Um, okay. And it's, it's much less known. Um, you know, I think uh, most of general population doesn't know about this disorder mm-hmm. because, again, it starts... As a, as a sort of a picky eating. And there are sort of three different reasons why folks uh, sort of fit into our fit category. So they may restrict because they had a um, somewhat um, traumatic um, situation with food, right? Let's say they choked on food or, or, mm. or vomited on food or saw someone vomit on food. And so subsequently they develop aversion, right, to eating or fear. There's a lot of fear and anxiety. And um, then there are folks who um, just never really cared for eating. You know, there are folks who um, yeah. never really had those hunger satiety cues, uh, very prominent. Uh, food is just, um, it's not that eventful for them. That They will mm-hmm. eat if you tell them, but, you know, they're just not driven by, by hunger. Um, and we know a lot about that sort of, that, you know, their appetite hormones and all of these things are very different. And then you have folks who experience um, sensory difficulties, right? So kids... Um, who are very sensitive oh. to textures and smells, mm-hmm. and and that can again, you know, lead to ARFID and why they are avoiding um, f- certain foods. And so, actually, in ARFID, interestingly enough, the foods are oftentimes not the foods that um, they're not um, what they like. Kids with ARFID or even adults with ARFID often like the predictable foods, right? So, so mm-hmm. McDonald's chicken nuggets and French fries are sort of consistent in texture and and even quantity, but it's yes. not body image driven. It's just driven by, do I know what I'm going to get? Right. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. So if that is what they're continually wanting and that's what they'll devour. That's right. Then is that something that you should be like, why aren't you eating this broccoli and chicken and rice that we have at home? That's right. That's right. And, and, um, you know, so folks with ARFID oftentimes are then low in iron and other deficiencies because that menu is so, so narrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. So when you look at the psychological side of side of mm-hmm. an eating disorder, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to use the example of my mom that she mm-hmm. doesn't – my dad and I like to eat. Like we're foodies. My brother does too. Mm-hmm. All right, brother's. But my mom could, like, take it or leave it. She's like, I'm just not a – she likes to cook, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. But she has pointed it back to 
when her mother died when she was age seven mm-hmm. that she didn't eat. Like that's when she stopped. She was just yeah. like, and yeah. she remembers that. And yeah. are those things, it's very deep. It, it is a chronic disorder. How do we, yeah. how do we do with this as parents? Who do we seek out help from? Yeah, so that's very interesting. Um, so on one hand, um, we have a lot of providers who still sort of attribute eating disorders sort of purely to myths like, oh, it's all about control or oh, it's all about trauma. And you mm-hmm. obviously are pointing to that some folks are very affected by that. And, and listen, my own sister developed uh, anorexia after my father nearly died, right? So, mm-hmm. so yes, there is that. there can be that component. But even in those situations, right, like I navigated that very differently than my sister. So it again mm-hmm. points to, right, um, we have same genetics or very similar to a great mm-hmm. degree. We grew up in the same environment and yet both of us dealt with it very differently, right? So I think it's a, it's a combination of things. Trauma can certainly be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. Obviously, I don't have information about your mom. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, has it always been the case where she sort of didn't um, care for food all that much? Or is that that there was maybe, you know, after such a trauma, I I would imagine, right, restriction of food, just Mm -hmm. not feeling like eating. And when you do that, when there's restriction, we further lose sight of hunger and satiety cues, Uh, right? So so, so, so it's hard to tell what's mm -hmm. going on sort of within the body and how she has coped. I mean, I would be very curious to see if she would identify this as a problem or Mm -hmm. um, do you see it as a problem, right? Are there eating Mm -hmm. disorder behaviors? The bottom line is, as you know, um, if we don't fuel sufficiently, it it will show Mm -hmm. up. It will show up in our brain activity, right? Our ability to focus, um, our ability to connect with folks. So it will show up different places. Mm -hmm. And from the teenage side of things, you mentioned about food hormones or hormones in our body that make Mm -hmm. us either hungry or crave different foods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with teenagers of what's happening in their bodies, Mm -hmm. I mean, that, how does that present then if you're starving yourself and you have these raging hormones? Right. And that's so darn tricky, right? Uh, I have a 13 year old at home and, and, um, hormones are so tricky to navigate for these youngsters. There's so Mm -hmm. much going on. I mean, I feel for them. And then you add Mm -hmm. social pressures and all these things. So it's often hard to tell what is what. But certainly, Mm -hmm. if you're doing diagnostics for an eating disorder, for, um, you know, individuals born female, right, with female organs, you might be looking at, is there loss of menses and and stuff like that. Mm. But, But And also in recovery, we then measure, right, hormonal levels. Um, oh, really? That can, be, that can be super nuanced. So it's not just sort of very all or nothing. Is there, do they have a cycle or not? But you can tell by hormonal levels whereabouts they might, like how close they might be to uh, full recovery, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it definitely disrupts, you know, hormones actually for all genders, not, not just mm-hmm. females, but, it, you know, with females, we often have this um, um, indicator, right? And that is their cycle. Right. Is, is it right. and, then, and then affecting bone density and, and all of these things, right? So, um, yeah, and, you know, teens are also, in general, social, right? So mm-hmm. it's going to start potentially affecting their social life and, and avoiding meals with friends and, and uh, worrying about what others are thinking when they are eating. And yeah. it is, it, there's so much here, so many layers. 
So you have a, a so many layers. You have a website, ilonaphillips.com, mm-hmm. and then you have a you have Lotus Consulting in mm-hmm. Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting to me about your website is that it's geared towards parents with children that have an eating disorder, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is so valuable because if you go into counseling, you're there for an hour, but then you're left the la- until you see them again. How do we prepare ourselves for that time when we don't have that support system? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good question. And I will tell you that my my both of my practices are highly behavioral. And so you bet you're going to probably get some homework and you'll mm-hmm. be doing some work outside the sessions, particularly with eating issues. Actually, um, you know, in the work of kids and teens with eating disorders, the parents really are driving the recovery. They just are. Okay. Yeah. Because a lot of it is just grounded in refeeding the child. And, and interestingly mm-hmm. enough, I think that not everyone knows this, but it, regardless of what the eating disorder is, including bulimia, including binge eating disorder, we often find there is a restrictive element. So mm-hmm. one of the first primary steps in recovery always is renourishing the child. I mean, it goes without saying with anorexia, obviously, Mm -hmm. we are going for weight gain and all that. But for all eating disorders, you really want to stabilize the intake, right? And we typically go for three meals, three snacks, um, so that you can, again, restore the hunger satiety cue so that you can stabilize appetite hormones, so on and so forth. And so... You're right. So my ilonaphillips.com website uh, will show you that I have a course for for the parents and caregivers of kids and teens with eating disorders. And the reason why I developed this is because, number one, I often get adults or families with a child already sort of pretty deep into an eating disorder. Um, And sometimes they have already tried to find resources. But I also get a lot of folks who are like, and now what? We, we don't even oh, know. Like, how right. do we begin? Right. Like, what is the roadmap? Like, what are mm-hmm. we, so, like, what, what, what do we do? What is the medical workup? What, um, what kind of approach should we take in therapy? And again, I, I believe in, in family-based treatment for eating disorders, for kids and teens with eating disorders. And then after that course, um, which has a, also just an audio component, right? Because I know parents are busy. Um, mm-hmm. I have a membership that supports these parents after they have sort of, we have the basic knowledge and tools to understand Mm -hmm. what eating disorders are really about, what is counterproductive to do and what is actually helpful to do when a child is recovering. And then the the membership supports these parents further on ongoing basis, right? As they navigate Mm -hmm. the different phases of recovery. This podcast is sponsored by Checkable.com. Checkable is revolutionizing healthcare by bringing healthcare home with fast and accurate at-home rapid diagnostics and pairing it with telehealth services available through our mobile application, available on the App Store and Google Play. Checkable.com offers an array of rapid diagnostics that allow you to own your health at home. We have a UTI, vaginal pH, and two rapid breast milk strips. One will measure alcohol and the other to measure nutritional value. Checkable puts treatment options at your fingertips so you can test at home, see a provider, and get your treatment plan sent to your neighborhood pharmacy. It's checkable.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds very accessible. That's what with recovery, right. it's about access. That's right. That's right. And, and you're right. I mean, also... 
there's still such a lack of providers, particularly treating mm-hmm. eating disorders. Uh, many mm-hmm. have wait lists. And so I don't want that for folks. Like you could yeah. be doing so much in the meantime, mm-hmm. starting with the right blood work and uh, medical workup. And, you know, you I, I want parents to feel empowered. Mm-hmm. They can do things day one, really. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's so nice. The empowerment of like I can take – that's right. I can take a first step to helping. Mm-hmm. It's all it's one step at a time. That's You've right. been in your practice uh, for a long time, mm-hmm. and I would assume that you have seen changes with the emergence of social media. And tell me about that with your patients and how do yeah. you help with that? Yeah, it is so powerful. And of course, uh, I think at least we are drawing more attention to the impact mm-hmm. of social media, especially mm-hmm. on our younger population, but really all of us, right? It's all about mm-hmm. likes and um, uh, yeah. appearances. And um, there's a lot of research, especially around girls and social media, but really across the sp- you know um, span of identities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so and 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 it's at their fingertips 24/7 and so yes. you know it is such a tough one for us parents right to mm-hmm. sort of monitor their use of technology and what they are looking at um, yeah you know there are pro anna websites everywhere mm-hmm. there are these influencers wellness industry industry so you know, social media could do a lot of good because if you follow actual providers, if you follow maybe non-diet nutritionists, you can actually learn some great facts and resources, but it can also be used the very opposite way. And opposite way. Yeah. It's a tricky, tricky one. I, from, and we both are mothers of 13-year-olds, for my daughter, I try to evoke healthy, like I want to be healthy. I want to be nourishing my body. Mm-hmm. I want to be making my body stronger mm-hmm. and not be obsessed with what it is that I'm putting in my body mm-hmm. because it's about balance. Just like with anything, with work-life balance, with school, sports, mm-hmm. eating is the same thing. And uh, I saw this firsthand with a woman that I knew that was running all of the time. And if she didn't run, she would say in front of her girls, oh, I can't can't really eat today because I didn't run. Ooh, and I'm man. like, this is so bad. Or she'd be like, oh, I'm three pounds heavier. I really have to. And I was thinking, I always just thought, gosh, what do, what are your girl? what are they taking in from that, mm-hmm. of that type of conversation with yourself? And then you're t- projecting it. Yeah. Yeah, it that's that's heartbreaking to hear, and it's it's very common. You're right. Our kids are watching, mm-hmm. right? They're learning, just like they're learning the language of money from us or language mm-hmm. of relationships. They are learning the language of food and um, exercise, and and you know all of it, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's very very sad. I, I feel sad for this person because I mean, as you said, right? I didn't exercise. I can't eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we right. don't have to earn food. Uh, right. It's a basic need necessary. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. if we said, I can't breathe because I didn't yes. exercise today, right? Yes. Um, it is It is heartbreaking, and I hope that this person seeks help. Mm-hmm. Right. And and it's what's nourishing your body. Your body performs better when it's eating mm-hmm. a well-balanced diet rather than always resorting to the McDonald's. And something that's of high caloric intake but not nutritional value, mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to 
talk to my daughter about which. Yeah, yeah. And so that's an interesting one also, right? Because for example, in recovery of anorexia, you mm-hmm. do look for high calorie, high fat diet because we mm-hmm. can accelerate that recovery so fast. Animal oh. fats are super important in restoring yeah. and renourishing the brain. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of great research about that. And, you know, there's room for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, McDonald's is not inherently bad. And and you mm-hmm. keep sort of referring to balance and, and I'm there with you. Um, the bottom line is kids are growing they need mm-hmm. to be gaining and you know it's going to be really hard to gain from broccoli right mm-hmm. yes and, right good um, point yeah and they often grow till early 20s um, yes gonna be, their bodies are going to be changing and, and you're right um you know can we how do we sort of preserve this this intuition and the inner wisdom right mm-hmm. guiding what mm-hmm. makes us feel good and mm-hmm. what doesn't so certainly if i have gluten allergy true gluten uh, mm-hmm. re- reactivity, mm-hmm. right? Which, by the way, a lot of folks say they do, right? And it's not yeah. always the case. So you have to have mm-hmm. a medical um, documentation for that. Then, yeah, of course, we don't want you to be eating that, right? But right. then let's not villainize all carbs and, and bread mm-hmm. and all of these things. So completely you know, agree. Completely. So uh, I have a son that's a wrestler mm-hmm. and I wrestled in high school and uh, he had, was fortunate enough to be of a heavier weight, mm-hmm. uh, but he had some really, uh, he was asked to drop weight to then mm-hmm. be yep. at a certain yep. weight. And so he took on some uh, some time phases, seasons, um, where he would drop weight really quickly. Mm-hmm. And just seeing how unhealthy it was, mm-hmm. and I think of, how that behavior can manifest itself even as you get older. Because you remember, like, oh, I lost that weight really fast. It worked. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you, for the moms out there that have sons, Mm -hmm. um, they have the social media influence. They have, they need to walk around with their shirts off in the summer and be wearing, you know, looking buff. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not just to young women that have, or young girls, um, do you have, is that common? Talk about male versus female. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm so glad you bring that up because, um, listen, eating disorders historically have had a rep of, um, being the disorder of a rich white girl. And Mm -hmm. I cannot disagree more. It is not true. It is not what we see in my practice. Uh, we see diversity of folks, gender, ethnicity, race, you name it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad you're bringing that up because that has stopped folks from seeking help. So we really we have to destigmatize this. Now, will Mm -hmm. it sometimes show up differently in in boys and men? Yes. You already alluded to this. Right. It's Mm -hmm. not some men are after thinness. Some Mm -hmm. men are after the masculinity. Right. Mm -hmm. Muscle building, all of that. So we just have to keep an open mind as to that. You know, this can show up in in so many different ways um, Mm -hmm. and have so many different looks. Um, and it also breaks my heart to, you know, listen, I, I have a background in athletics, uh, working with D1 athletes, right, in, 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 in college. So, <laughs> what do I even say? Where do I even it's, begin? You, you see it's me a hard one, isn't it? You see me struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, when we send the message out that we can drop weight any time, mm-hmm. what happens when we can't? What does mm-hmm. it say about us? 
Right. You know, are we asking people to change their size of a uh, shoe size? We're not. Right. And no. And and listen, one of the top predictors of development of eating disorders is actually weight loss and diets. Mm, not really? to mention that it can also reset your set point. And mm -hmm. folks that are, you know, there are plenty of folks you're dieting, and typically they end up at a higher weight than they begin with, you know. <sighs> and yeah. Diet industry is a billion-dollar industry, and mm -hmm. there is a new diet on the horizon every day. Yes, um, we see them. Somehow they don't work. They are not the magical sort of cure here. So it breaks my heart. But I will tell you that in the athletics, I have seen so many coaches um, really be more aware and and sort of <laughs> vigilant. And and so I have come from coaches checking their athletes refrigerators for what mm -hmm. food is in there all the way to coaches who are very well versed in eating disorders and spotting there in their athletes and really mm -hmm. um, promoting health the right way you know mm -hmm. and yeah there are some sports that are more prone to this right the 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 visual sports right gymnastics and yes like you said wrestling this is wrestling. an important dynamic the up and down and what it does to to their psyche yeah, I would be curious if you saw sort of what, what as a mom, right, watching that, mm -hmm. what was your experience like and, and where did it go? Yeah, I mean, I think now he is really healthy and he learned a lot about his body mm -hmm. of what, uh, I, I mean, at our house, it's like what makes you feel good after you eat it? Mm -hmm. And if you feel like junk, did you eat too much and you feel bad um, and don't get obsessed over something. It's just not, it's, mm -hmm. it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And because I think your energy level, I think we, you always want to be a high performer, especially a D1 athlete or mm -hmm. even someone that's on a varsity team. If you have a competitive nature and you, you want to be the best, mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not, it can't control, nothing can control your life. And that's how we talked about it with mm -hmm. him of, um, you know, are, yeah, are you going to be on the top of the podium, but you'll be at a lower weight class and then your grades are going to be bad because you're falling asleep in class and right. see what it's doing to your body, like being excellent. observant. Yeah, that's excellent. And so did he hear you? Was yeah, he yep. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. And and now he he was asked to do wrestling in college and he's like, it's just too much on my body that mm -hmm. I can't. I can't do that. It's just, it is a lot. And I think yeah. mentally gymnasts and wrestlers are very much alike. I mean, they mm -hmm. hang out in the same circles too. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the obsession it, with teenagers, as you know, it's hard to get something out of them. Mm -hmm. Even like, well, how was your day? Oh, my day was great. And then repeat back to them. Oh, okay. Your day was great. How? Or you're tell me like, keep drawing more. And mm -hmm. so we, we work on that. Yeah. My other one has lost actually uh, 45 pounds. He oh, was, wow. but he's 6'3 and was yeah. almost 250 pounds. Okay. So he had a lot. He grew really fast okay. and he was mm -hmm. so hungry, but he wasn't fueling his body mm -hmm. and moving his body mm -hmm. the way that he used to because he used to play hockey. Okay. And so we had, he wasn't feeling happy with himself. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. I think the conversation as a mom mm -hmm. and a dad, when you look at your child, we do, we look at them with no flaws, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. no, you're you're perfect. Like, you don't need you don't need to do any change anything. You're mm-hmm. such a young age. Your metabolism is so fast. Mm-hmm. But he decided that he was going to. He's like, okay, if I'm if I'm going to lose weight over nine months time, mm-hmm. I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to get rid of chips and I'm going to put in there brown rice and chicken. And he was doing things like to get, we, you know, bought a half a cow so we could have a whole bunch of ground beef and steak and, Mm -hmm. and he did it healthy. And now you can tell his confidence. He -hmm. feels better because he did it a good way. Um, But there were times when he was going through this and then with Will that as a mother, you think, well, gosh, should we be is his coach the right person to be talking to? Mm-hmm. Should we be seeking help with a therapist? Mm-hmm. And you make a great point in the market that I'm in, you can't access them. They're like mm-hmm. out two months, mm-hmm. three months. Mm-hmm. And by the time that goes, it's like, well, life has totally changed. You know, we're now yeah. in, a, in a different season. Sure. So what do you, do you have parents access care online? What do you do if you're in a rural community? Yeah, so, you know, COVID, right, uh, helped us to um, really expand virtual care. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the exciting part um, that, uh, you know, if you, if you reach out to Lotus, we can certainly see you virtually. Um, mm-hmm. That would not have been possible before um, if we have openings, right? But we, we mm-hmm. generally do. I mean, we are able mm-hmm. to hire fast enough and, and always sort of have openings, but... Um, you're That's right. So I mean, good. The specialized care can be can be hard, and so mm-hmm. you know, there's certainly information online, and and some physicians are trained. Um, so I would keep reaching out until I would not give up, and that's a hard one, mm-hmm. right? For for parents, it's so overwhelming already mm-hmm. to keep persisting until until you find someone. And I'm certainly happy. I mean, if folks ever are struggling to find providers, I'm always happy sort of to advise and, and help folks to find provider in their community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I it's would a great resource. I, yeah, I would just keep trying. Yeah. yeah. And it's the most important, it's our, our greatest gift in life mm-hmm. is to be a parent and mm-hmm. to, to be honest about the care that they need and recognizing the symptoms, being aware That's is right. the message that I hear you really uh, bringing through consistently in this conversation. That's right. And, and you know, sort of educating ourselves and also not striving for perfection. None of us are perfect. We are going to make mm-hmm. mistakes. We are going to maybe feed into the good, bad foods and, and, mm-hmm. and good, bad bodies and all of this. But as long as we are learning and really challenging ourselves and being radically honest, um, and we can always come back and say, listen, you know, when I said this, I actually reflected and, and I don't think that was the best answer. And I have grown yeah. and learned and, and I want you yeah. to hear that. So just also modeling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, imperfection. Um, mm-hmm. um. Sounds so nice. You sound like a great mom, too, as well as a great caregiver. You know, I don't know. If you ask my kids, I don't know what they would tell you. Um, hopefully. That's how it is being a mom, right? We're like, we're trying to do better, but, you know, I don't have every... I'm not super mom all the time. That's right. That's Just, right. And, and, I, I, and I giggled when you said, you know, it's hard to get things out of teenagers. I uh, My trick is to try to get it out of them when we are driving. Somehow yes. the conversations flow better. Yes. Um, but also being vigilant, right? Um mm-hmm. 
Sometimes I have parents who will tell me, hey, I stumbled upon my kid's journal and I was shocked to find out that they have been, you know, logging their workouts or mm -hmm. other things. So sometimes mm -hmm. we find things accidentally too. That was a big thing when my kids started driving. I really felt like, mm. oh my gosh, I missed this one-on-one -on -one time. Don't get mm -hmm. to drive them to school and sports. And mm -hmm. uh, you need to find different times to connect with them at night or mm -hmm. uh, in the mornings. And you have to be very intentional because those, it, you know, days turn into weeks, turn into months. Yeah. And if you don't have that connection, uh, chronic conditions like what you're yeah. saying, anorexia, bulimia, uh, that's it can creep in quickly that's right that's right and and as long as they know right that they come back they can come back mm -hmm. and that they are the trusted yeah. place and you know i think that for a few years we might not see them as much uh, when mm -hmm. they are with their peers and whatnot and hopefully when they're a little bit older they'll come back again they'll come back yep i have one that's sort of coming back now he's 20 mm -hmm. and then one that's 17 that's always gone so yeah. <laughs> it's just you got to you gotta roll with it and stay connected with they're them. They're busy. And, and that's, that, I think that's good parenting, right? When, when, mm -hmm. when they're able to take off and, and be sort of independent, but also mm -hmm. not afraid to reconnect, um, mm -hmm. that's ideal. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed this conversation, Alona. Thank you so much for joining us. Mm -hmm. uh, what an important topic. And I encourage everyone um, to go to Alona's website. And it's ILL. Uh, is it I L L or I L? Oh, you tell me. Yeah, yeah. You bet. Okay. It's Ilona, so I L O N A Phillips P H I L L I P S dot com, or you can find me at Lotus Consulting in Ann Arbor. Excellent. Well, thank you again for being a guest. Thank you. And everyone, until next time, uh, stay living healthy. Keep getting your information from Checkable Health. And if you loved this episode, please give us five stars. That's how we keep on going. And it hits our algorithm so we can get to the top of the health list. And thank you for being a guest once again. Ilona Phillips. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Checkable Health Podcast. If you want more information, head over to CheckableHealth.com for show notes, links, and resources mentioned in today's podcast. Please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to get all of the Checkable Health at-home healthcare details as soon as they're released. Find us on every social channel at Checkable Health. Cheers to living your healthiest and happiest life.